Good morning. So, so glad that you're, you're here with us. Um, yeah, again, in your bulletin, there are like, um, there's a sheet you can kind of follow along with the message, especially like if you're sitting in like the second row. You might want to do that to keep yourself occupied and stuff like that. I hope everybody went out to vote yesterday and, and you know, just, um, I just wanted to pray. You know, um, sometimes, you know, we, we, we look at um, candidates and we look at people and, um, you know, we, we like some, we don't like some. And, and I was just thinking about it this morning, um, was that, you know, we need to thank people for at least taking a step to get involved and, and to run for office. Because, you know, uh, one year, uh, Max uh, ran for office, and, and he can tell you, boy, that's a, it's a grind, you know. And uh, uh, so uh, I thought we'd pray, and uh, we'd pray for today. But also, um, just pray and thank, um, thank God for people who are willing to, to step up and uh, get involved, right? So let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. And I pray, and we continue to pray, and we exist because we want to see your love, your truth um, just infiltrate our whole island, our state, our country, that we would turn back to you. Because you're the hope of the world. Jesus, you're the hope of the world. And that we would see our country and we would see our city transformed. And we want to thank you for everybody who, who took a step. And whether they, they won uh, yesterday or not, uh, we thank you for each one of them, the sacrifices they made uh, to run and to get involved in that way. And we just pray, God, that you would continue to lead and guide us, that you would put the right people in the right places so that we can see Hawaii changed for the good. So we just keep praying, God, that you, your Holy Spirit, we continue to, to come and to fill and to really lead us into all truth. And so thank you, Father. And again, today, Lord, we just pray that, um, that you would speak to us that it's so easy to come and, and come and, and to receive and, and, and to get something. But I pray that today that you would give us a real heart, all of us, that, that we're here for a reason and a purpose, that we're here to hear from you, but we also are here, and maybe you want to use us in some way to encourage someone, to, to um, just come alongside someone here, Father. And I just pray that we would all have that attitude, that we come to receive, but we also come to serve as well. And so thank you, Lord. And Father, we just thank you for all the, the children as they head back to school, um, for all the teachers, all the administrators. Father, we just pray that this would be an amazing year um, for all our children, for all of our schools, people who are homeschooling, people who are going to private school, people who are in public schools. Father, I pray that you would be with every single one. We pray for wisdom for all the teachers, all the administrators, Father. And we just pray that, that, that somehow our state would turn back to you and the truth of your word, because it's your truth that sets us free. And so we pray for that for us today as well, right here. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, um, 
we started off this year, and it's really interesting how, how God has led us. And I'm just so excited about that. I get excited when God leads us as a church. And we started off with a series on who Jesus is. And that was really important because we've got to know who Jesus really is, what the Bible says about who Jesus really is, because there's all kinds of opinions about who Jesus is, you know, what would Jesus do, you know, and, and we needed to get a really good understanding from the Bible who Jesus is, because that's the most important thing. And then after that, as we went through who Jesus is, now we begin to look like what is our response to that? Our response is that we're called to follow him. That we're not called to, to be fans and cheer him on and just be amazed or admire him from afar, but, but we're called to follow him. And so we went through a series called Not a Fan, where we just kind of ch- got challenged to take that step of faith to really begin to truly follow him uh, in every area of our lives. And it's tough because the Bible says that, that if anyone would follow me, they would pick up their cross you know, daily and follow him. And it's like, whoa, that's, that's a big commitment. That's a big step. But that's what God calls us to. And then we went, you know, in order for us to follow Jesus, we just cannot do it on our own strength. We need help from, from God. And that's when we talked about who the Holy Spirit is and how important the Holy Spirit is in our lives. That as Christians, when you accept Jesus, the Holy Spirit is not only with you, the Holy Spirit now begins to live and dwell inside of you. And that God Almighty, the Holy Spirit, lives in us to lead us and guide us and really to lead us into all truth because, again, truth sets us free. And so we, we talked about who, who the Holy Spirit is, and now we're at a place where we know who Jesus is, we know what our response is, we need to follow him, we have all the power we need because we have the Holy Spirit, and now what we need is, is we need wisdom to know what path to take. Because right? everybody asks, you know, what is God's will for my life? And, and that's where Proverbs comes in. Because Proverbs is a book full of wisdom. That God's wisdom is throughout. And if you would read Proverbs, and like what I do is I read every day, you know, whatever the day of the month is, today's a 12, Proverbs 12, tomorrow's 13, Proverbs 3, you know, all that stuff, that, that you will begin to experience and begin to be led by God's wisdom. And last week, we learned a principle that we will talk about throughout this series, which is your direction determines your destination. It's your direction that determines your destination. And, and the direction we take is determined by the decisions we make every day. You know, people, they, they hope and they, they want to get to a certain destination, whether it, be, it might be, um, you know, I want to lose 10 pounds in the next two months. That's our destination. But, but intention and hope doesn't get us there. It's what we do every day, you know? And so in our family, what we did was, you know, one of my daughters, she said, you know, we... There's this app. So I said, well, I'll follow. We'll do that app where we, you know, kind of log in what we ate that day and all that. And it's like, if you want to lose so much weight by a certain time, you, you know, you need to eat just like 15 or 1,200 calories or whatever it is, right? And, 
It's the decisions you make every day that's going to get you to the destination you want to go. And so last night, you know, unfortunately, when you, when you look on Instagram, and if you follow this, this um, shop called um, Eight and a Half, they have all their ice creams. You know, they just have pictures of ice creams all the time. And last night, I thought, and then they, they said to one of them, yeah, like, we have all these flavors, and, so, and we're open to 11. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. My direction determines my destination. But last night, I said, I'm going to take a little detour. And I said, you know, we're going to go. So we went over to, to eight and a half, and we got some ice cream. And um, because of that, I still haven't logged in my, my meals for yesterday because I know I'm just going to be way over. But, but that's what this whole series is about. That, that we need to understand that our, our, our direction really determines where we are going to be. One thing I learned from last week, I listened to the message last week, is that I'm not going to ask Cheryl Sue how to get to Shark's Cove, because she'll get me. I heard it was you, you know? You have a rebuttal? <laughs> it was actually... I found out, I actually I did find out just um, a couple days ago, whatever it was, that, that it really was Dave. David Yadamari spoke last week. It really was him and his, his, uh, his son confirmed it. Um, so it really is Dave, all right? But, but, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, our intentions and all that. It's really our direction. And, um, you know, I thought about, for me, when we had moved, um, we had gone to seminary in Portland, and uh, we had just moved there, and um, you know, we were there about a week, and I kind of was, was kind of getting comfortable driving, you know, because it's, it's not a hard city to navigate, because, you know, everything is, a, you know, just southeast, southwest, you know, northeast, northwest, and you kind of know where everything is. So I got kind of comfortable driving around, and we decided one day that, you know, let's go to, let's go to see uh, Tanya Harding at um, Clackamas Town Center, the mall with the giant um, uh, skating rink in it. And so we thought, we're going to go there. And so my wife, being the prudent one in our family, says, should we, we, we should get some directions. This is before GPS and stuff, you know? And she said, we should go get some directions. And it's like, nah, I mean, how hard can it be to find a mall? I mean, really now, right? It's going to be signs. So we started headed out, and, um, you know, it was supposed to be pretty close because that's one of the, the more popular uh, malls in the Portland area. And we're headed out, and about 20 minutes into our, our drive, um, my wife uh, looks at me, and she says, um, I think, uh, I think we're, we're not headed in the right direction. And I said, no, you know, I know this doesn't look like the city limits. You know, there's forests and stuff around, but, but they, like to, they like to build malls outside in areas like this because, the, you know, the cost of land is cheaper and all that. And it sounded really good, you know, and, and uh, that's not really true, but it sounded good at the time. And uh, so we're going, and then we head out about another 30 minutes, and um, we didn't know it at the time, but we were headed up this place, called the, the, the Gorge, right? 
and there's mountains and trees and all this stuff. And um, it's like, okay, this, this doesn't look. And it's, we've, we've been driving for like about almost an hour now. And then I knew something was up when I saw next exit, the Bonneville Dam, right? So I turned into the Bonneville Dam, that, that area. And, uh, I, you know, you go up to the visitor center. And I asked, um, you know, um, we must be pretty close to, yeah, we must be pretty close to Clackamas Town Center, right? So, so here's the thing. See, we ended up where that red thing is there. Clackamas is right down here. Yeah? That's Clackamas down there. We were there. It takes about 12 minutes to get to Clackamas Town Center. But we're an hour out at the Bonneville Dam. And the guy looks at me. I said, we must be pretty close to the Clackamas Town Center. And he, and he says, uh, and he looked at me kind of weird, you know. And uh, I guess he just assumed I was a Japanese tourist or something. And he says, uh, we're pretty far. It's about 60, 70 miles away now. Yeah. To which, I'm, I'm out there talking to him. My wife's waiting for me. To which I go back and say, you know, honey, you know, I always wanted to go to the Bonneville Dam. And so we took a nice visit, and we had the greatest, it's like the greatest dam ever. I mean, it was, you know, we saw halibut there. I mean, it was great. If you're ever in the Portland area and you want to go see, like, the greatest dam ever, you want to go to Bonneville Dam there. But, but you know, we went back, and then when we finally, we didn't, we, we didn't go to the mall that day, obviously, but we went back, and it's like about 10 minutes away. And what I realized was that, again, that principle where your direction determines your, your destination, that's really true, you know? And, and the, the sad thing was, all I needed to do was listen to the prudent advice of my wife, and we would have got there, saw Tanya Harding, you know, skating in the rink, and we could have gone there and had, you know, Chick-fil-A and all that stuff. But, you know, God was good to us. We got to see the greatest dam in the world. But um, Proverbs 1, um, verse 1 to 4 says, The Proverbs of Solomon, son, son of David, king of Israel, says this, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealings, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence. This is what all the Proverbs are for, to give prudence to the simple, you know, knowledge and discretion to the youth. And what Solomon is saying is that Proverbs was written so that we could live our lives well. And a word he uses a lot in this book of Proverbs is the word prudent or prudence. And, and prudence and being prudent, just what it means is, is knowing what to do. It's exercising good judgment. It's having uncommonly common sense, right? That's what being prudent is. And obviously, I didn't exercise prudence that day in Portland. Um, and, and, what, and what Proverbs was saying is that if we would embrace prudence, that our lives would work so much better. And, the, and, and Proverbs uses that word a lot. You're going to find that a lot. You also find another word. He uses, Proverbs uses the word simple to describe a person. You'll just see a lot about the simple person, a simple person. And what simple means there is just being naive or foolish or gullible. You know, that's, and they contrast the prudent and the simple a lot. Um, 
In Proverbs 12, 16, it says the vexation of a fool, a simple person, what they're saying here, is known at once, but the prudent ignores an insult. And what, what he's saying is, you know, sometimes we get foolish, and foolish people, what we do is we let the emotions get the best of us. We get mad, we, we complain, we even rage when things don't go our way, right? And, and he's saying the prudent person knows how to control themselves and just take things in stride. In, in Proverbs 14, it says, 15, it says, The simple believes everything, but the prudent gives thoughts, thought to his step. And he's saying, like, you know, it's easy to get fooled. But when you exercise prudence, then what happened? God gives you wisdom, and, and, and you don't get fooled as often. You know, you give thought to your steps. And God wants to give us all the wisdom we need. And that's just the amazing thing to me about God. That he knows we don't have the wisdom. And what James tells us, all we got to do is ask. And God will give us all the wisdom we need. In Proverbs 22, verse 3, the prudent sees danger and hides from it. But the simple go on and suffer for it. And then we read further in Proverbs 27, verse 12, we read, The prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple goes on and suffers for it. The same exact verse. And I don't know why God would would do that. It's probably because it's something really important. I don't know this for sure, but I don't know how often Proverbs repeats itself like that in the entire book. But here's a situation where it does. And that the lesson here is that the primary difference, and it's a key principle, is the primary difference between a prudent person, a person who exercises wisdom and all that, and a naive or foolish person is not what they see, but how they respond to what they see. Because what you're going to read in Proverbs over and over is that everybody sees the same thing. But, but the difference is how you respond to what you see. The prudent sees danger, and they take the necessary precautions, you know, is what they're saying. You know, the simple just see danger, and they just keep going. And, and they both see the danger, but one person responds by making a course correction, and the other one just kind of happily goes along. You know, it's like, it's like hearing about a hurricane coming and not doing anything, hoping somehow it will go away. You know? um, being prudent means we, we need to, to, to do something. We need to take some preparations because the primary difference between a prudent person and a simple person is not what they see, but how they respond to what they see. And so the question is, are you being prudent or are you being simple? No. And that's a question that I've begun to ask myself all the time. In this situation, am I being prudent or am I being simple? And I, and I factor that in, I put that in to here's where I want to go. Am I heading in the right direction? And a big part of that comes from if I'm being prudent or not. And the question is, are, are, we, are you being prudent? 
Why are you being simple? And the first thing is this. How do you know? First thing is this. The, the, the prudent makes course corrections. The prudent person makes course corrections. In Proverbs 22, yeah, um, what we read, again, and the prudent sees danger and hides himself. The, the, the New Living Translation uh, reads, a prudent person foresees dangers and they take precautions. And Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, provides us with a lot of God's wisdom, with understanding, and with prudence. And the more you read it, the more you begin to really understand and see. And the more you begin to read and understand and see, um, if you're prudent, you'll make the necessary course corrections. You know, it would have been so much easier if I listened to my wife and gotten some help and made the necessary corrections. You know, it would have been so much easier. It would have saved us gas. It would have saved us time. We would have been able to relax at the mall. But we did see a really great dam. But, you know, we could have. You know? And, and the, the thing is this, though. Unlike driving, you know, unlike driving, it can be a lot more complicated in the other areas of our lives, right? Because the challenging thing is of, of, of choosing the right path is, is really, you know, what happens when we get off on the wrong one. What do we do when we find ourselves headed down the wrong direction? If we had continued up the gorge, we probably would have come around and we would have had another really great touring opportunity. We would have been able to, to visit Mount Hood, you know, and it would have been really wonderful because I, I love Mount Hood, but we would have been so far away uh, from Portland that, um, yeah. But, but the challenging part of choosing the right path really is, is when we get off on the wrong you know, we can say things like, well, you know, this behavior, this habit, this relationship, you know, this whatever it is, is leading us really somewhere that is going to be, is going to hurt. That we kind of know that if we keep on this path, um, uh, we're, we're making a mistake. And so we got to get off this path and get on to a better one. And we can think that, but it's really hard to do, Right? It's really hard to get off the wrong path even when you know you're on the wrong path. You know? And that's the challenge. But Proverbs teaches us that really that the prudent person is a person who will make these course corrections. You know, the simple we find, the second thing is simple keeps on going. The second part of that verse is the simple go on and what happens? They suffer for it. They suffer for it. That they might be on the wrong path, but you know what? It's like, man, I, I know I should be here. I know I should be there, but I'm here. And I'm hoping beyond hope that this direction will get me to the destination I want to, but we know that's never going to happen. And we're on the wrong path. And the prudent person says, wait, 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 time out, time out, I got to get off. Even though it hurts. You know, even though it's like, man, you know, like, uh, I don't think this is the job for me. 
get off. I don't think this is the relationship for me. Got to get off. But it's, but it's hard. And, and what the Bible is saying is that the simple person keeps on going and they suffer for it. Man, how junk is that? When a prudent person sees, sees like challenges ahead, trouble ahead on their financial horizon, they make some adjustments. They go, wait, time out. Let's, let's, let's check our budget. Maybe it's, we got to get back on our budget. Maybe we, we can't do everything that we want to do. Maybe we can't go out and eat as much as maybe we got to take a break from getting coffee every day. And they make these course adjustments. And the simple goes, well, you know what? We don't got much. We're in trouble financially, but hopefully if we just keep on going, something good will happen. But Proverbs says the simple go on and they suffer for it. When a prudent person realizes that God is the most important person in their lives and that their relationship with him isn't growing, then they, they say, well, you know, I got to make some changes in my life. I got to make some changes. And the simple just keeps on going, doing the things they do that took them further and further away from God. And the hardest thing is, yeah, sometimes it's, we think it's a lot more fun being simple. Right? The, the wrong path we're on, man, it just, it feels kind of good. When I was eating my red plum ice cream from eight and a half, I wasn't thinking that it was going to be a bazillion calories. I was thinking, like, this is like the greatest ice cream ever. And I don't know if, you know, it's like um, um, in Japanese food, there's these pickled plums called ume, right? And what this is, is this is like the juice and stuff from those red pickled plums. But it's not like the ones that some of us grew up here in the musubis, where it's just really salty. This is like, they get this, I was talking to the guy, they get this from this place in Japan. They actually get it there, they bring it here and make their, it's like the greatest ice cream ever. It's like, I said, this is what ice cream is supposed to taste like. You know, I mean, who needs chocolate when you got this? Red plum ice cream from eight and a half. But you see, the simple just keeps us keeps going, and it's not going to yield good results. And the third thing is prudent people know that it's not what they see that makes a difference, it's what they do. It's like they hear God's instruction, and they respond to it. It's like you're here. And you, 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 you see a verse, you're reading a verse up there, and it's like, man, that's, God is speaking to me about that. And then you decide, I got to make some changes. That's being prudent. Being foolish is like, oh, man, I was like powerful. And then you leave and you forget all about it, and you don't make any changes at all. You see... Being prudent is when you understand that your direction determines your destination, and so you do something about it. You make these course corrections. You respond when God gives you wisdom. You respond to that, 
and you make the changes that are necessary, you know? Um, not this week, but the week before, um, you know, it was, I faced some irritating inconvenience in my life. I was called to jury duty, and um, as a result, you know, you kind of you have to alter and cancel some of the events and the activity you have that day, I mean that week, because you just don't know if you're going to get called and how long the trial's going to be and the whole thing, you know. And um, um, on Friday, that Jed um, Tesoro and, and Max Fowler and I were supposed to go to Maui to see McKinley High School's first football game. Um, the coach had invited us to go along. Oh, this would be cool to go with the team. And so when they, when they asked, you know, can you go? I said, well, I just, I had to say no because I just didn't know, right? And so I, I had to say, no, can't do that. And, um, you know, when you first go in on, on a Tuesday, there's a lot of waiting involved. You go, you learn, you just stop. And then eventually on Wednesday, then it was like, no, I wasn't, I wasn't selected and all that stuff. And I got um, to go home. But it kind of messed up my whole week, you know, and I kept thinking about the football game. And then I remember um, what happened was, uh, you know, I was kind of grumbling about the whole thing. I remember, I think it was, I think it was Friday. I was kind of grumbling like, God, like, see, I should have just said I could go. Or maybe I could have wiggled my way out or something. And Proverbs 3 which I had read earlier, had come to mind. And in verse 11, it says, My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline, and don't be upset when he corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he loves, just as a father corrects his child, a child in whom he delights. And I thought about it, and I realized that all week I was kind of grumbly, and I had the bad attitude, grumpy at home. I was just kind of like irritated that whole week. I had a bad attitude. And I could have looked at my situation, the fact that I wasn't able to go to Maui. And, and, and you, know, you, you know how it is. You kind of justify your rotten attitude, right? You're like, yeah, you know, if I... And, and I could have done that. Or I could have received God's correction and do something based on his word. And so I knew that I needed to... You know, if I kept going, Friday night when the game, I'd be a bear, Right? And so I decided I'm going to make some course correction, and I just asked God for his forgiveness. I said, God, forgive me for my attitude. And I just thanked him. I said, you know, this is because you love me. You know, this is not a great, you love me. This is an indication that you love me. And I said, thank you. And I chose to make this course correction. And, you know, I began to see jury duty in a whole different light. That, um, I just thought about if I was on trial for whatever reason, I would want great people. I would want good people to be on that jury. You know, I would. That I, I, would, want, I would want good people with good attitudes to be on that jury. And then I thought about, wow, what a privilege it is that we, we have. You know, that... that, that and, and what an awesome responsibility it is, you know, that, that you're here, you're hearing about something that could alter a person's life. And I thought about how thankful 
Um, and how wonderful it is to live in a country like that, that we can do and, and we can serve in that way. My whole attitude changed. And, you know, that Friday night, I decided that, you know what, what do you do when you can't go to a football game and on you know, Friday night, don't got to speak on Sunday because of, you know, all this jury duty thing? What do you do? You make a puzzle with your daughter. And so I got a, you know, a thousand piece puzzle. And, uh, you know, first time for Janelle and I, we, we start on this puzzle. And, you know, because I used to do this with my dad all the time when I was little. And it was just a really great time. It was a great time doing the puzzle. We got so into it, you know, that the next morning, Saturday morning, we finished it all up. Now, Janelle is awesome with puzzles. She must take after her father's side. But, but it was really great. And uh, Friday night, I was getting updates, you know, via text from Max and Sonny. I'm Max and uh, uh, Bob Morikuni and Jed. I was getting uh, stuff, and, and McKinley was doing good. They won the game. I was so happy, you know. It was a great week. It really was. And I learned that prudent people know that it's not what they see that makes a difference. It's really what you do. And um, it made all the difference in the world. And so what do you do? How can you make a course correction? If you find yourself on the wrong path, how, how do you get back on? All right? And some things that I just learned and I'm learning. The first thing, and it's, and it's pretty simple. The first thing is you just got to do something. You just got to do something. You got to take action. You got to trust God and obey God and his word and take that step off that path and get on to another one. And it's hard because we're creatures of habit. We kind of naturally want to continue you know, to do what we're used to doing. If we are used to eating ice cream every night, then we'll eat ice cream every night you know, because it feels natural. If we lose our temper, you know, just losing our temper seems natural to us. But we have to realize that our direction will determine our destination and that our direction is really influenced by the decisions we make every day and that a course correction means that we need to do something. And when we do something, what that often means is that, number two, is you, gotta, you find yourself, you almost always have to give up something. When you make a course correction, you got to do something, but it also, you, you almost always got to give up something. You know, Proverbs tells us that a prudent person foresees danger and they take precautions. And when you're on the wrong path and you choose to get on the right path, you kind of got to give up something. And a lot of times, and it's, it's what we give up that's so hard and it's so painful. That if you're on the wrong path, you know, um, you're on the wrong path and, 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 and you're thinking about all your finances, you got to give up something. What does it mean? I might have to give up my credit card. Because it's at its limit. I'm just, it's a mess. But I'm so used to just sticking that thing in there. It might be a, a relationship that's not good. You're going to have to give up the relationship. It might be a job and a job environment that is not good. You're going to have to give up a job you're comfortable with. But... But to make a course correction, you got to do something, and you almost always have to give up something. You know that that it means that 
you got to give up whatever it is that led you on that wrong path. It might be as practical as, you know what, i got to give up those, taking that extra hour at lunch to go to Ross's or whatever. And if I'm allowed an hour, I'm just taking an hour. And it's hard because everyone else is doing it. And you guys say, no, I've got to make this course correction. And when you see everybody else doing something, and when you're going to do something that seems so, so strange, the third thing is that you often suffer embarrassment. That when you do something, you got to give up something. And when you give up something, sometimes you suffer embarrassment because nobody else is doing it, you know? That other people may be cheating the system, doing things you know in your heart is wrong. And, and you know that following along with them is being on the wrong path. It's not easy. Why are you, why are you not going to go to lunch with us today? Well, my, my finances is not doing that great, and I, I'm just bringing lunch for the next decade. <laughs> I don't know. You know, right? Really? And you suffer embarrassment at times. But here's the thing, the fourth thing. You got to do something. You got to give up something. It might cause you embarrassment, but, but someday you breathe a sigh of relief. That when you're on the right path, you can breathe a sigh of relief. A prudent person in Proverbs says what? foresees danger and takes precaution, but, but the simple continues on and they suffer for it. You're going you're gonna to avoid sufferings for something. You can, you, you can breathe that sigh of relief. It's, it's kind of like that story. I don't know about your mamas, and I don't know if they even tell these stories these days, but you know the story of the three little pigs, right? And, and, and one builds... Um, his house out of straw and one out of like sticks or something, and a bad wolf comes and he huffs and puffs and blows the house down. I don't. I, you, you, how many of you guys know that story? Three little piggies. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. Yeah. If not, um, come up after, make a circle. You know, we can have some ground crackers and I can tell you the story of the three little pigs. But um, you know, and then those guys, and then the third pig um, builds his house, I think, out of bricks, right? And so. The, the wolf comes, and he house-puffs, blows the two houses down. The third one, no, he's safe. Why? Because he foresaw danger, and he took the precautions necessary, even though it was harder, even though it took more time. But he took the precautions. And prudent people plan. They plan for the challenges that they know life will bring. Because life brings challenges. And being prudent is you prepare for that. If you're married, some kind of challenge will stretch, you know, and strain your relationship at some time. Prudent people know that, and they don't take their marriage for granted. They work on it. They work on it. So in all the good times, so when the challenges come, they can weather the storm. And so the truth is, and let God speak to you, that your direction will determine your destination. And your direction 
is, is determined by all the decisions you make every day. And when you're walking along and as you, as you read the book of Proverbs and you realize, man, I'm on the wrong path here, that, that it's time to make some course correction because that's what prudent people do. And you do something. You, do, you, you say, God, okay, I, I see it, but I don't want to just see it. I got to do something. And you take that step of faith and you follow God. Even though it means giving, it might be painful. But it's pay now, pay later, right? Even though you suffer embarrassment. Because in the end, you'll breathe that sigh of relief. Like, I avoided that. Here's some real practical things you can do this week, right? I mean, really practical and important steps. I would say, make time. Make time. Not just take time. Make time to read Proverbs from Proverbs every day. You know, maybe you want to join in what I'm doing. You know, Monday, tomorrow, you read Proverbs 13. Tuesday, read Proverbs 14. And just go on every day, just read a proverb. And you might miss one. Like, oh, Wednesday I missed. That's okay. You go Thursday, you know, you, you read Proverbs 16. And you just go on. But, but, but make that a part of your life so that you know what course corrections you need to make. Second thing is, ask the Holy Spirit to lead you. We talked all about the Holy Spirit and what He does in our lives. And ask Him to lead you and make some course corrections. You know, show you if there's course corrections and to give you the grace and the power and the faith to take and make those course corrections. And then do that. Ask the Holy Spirit. And then the third thing is, come back next week. We're going to look at something, you know, look at why sometimes... It's, it, we have a really hard time seeing what the right path really is. Like, what is the right path? You know, we're going to talk about how, how can we, we know we're on the right path. And so come back next week. Make time to, to read Proverbs, ask the Holy Spirit for help, and then just come back. Uh, why don't you stand with me and let's pray. And I want to say this. Some of you might have been on a path and, um, you know, you're, you're, you're on this path and things aren't going all that well. Some things, mistakes maybe you've made, you know, just on the wrong path. And, and for some of you, you know, you've come here and you've started coming to church here, service here, with this hope that somehow by coming here, somehow you would, you would be able to kind of find your way. And the first step for you in, in, in finding the right direction so you know where your destination is going to be is, is maybe making that decision that you're going to say, Jesus, I need you. I need you to come into my life and, and begin, because I need you and I need your Holy Spirit to lead me, that you would come. And if I would follow you, I believe that's being on the right path. And maybe that's right where you are. And you've never ever said, Jesus, I need you as my Savior. That I'm going to pray. Let's pray. And, and you just pray along with me. You know, Some of you might have prayed and said, yeah, I'm a Christian. I've done this. But, but you find yourself so far off on the path because maybe God is calling you back. Maybe say, no, Jesus, I, I got I to, gotta, again, make a decision that, Jesus, you are my Savior. And so you just pray along with me. Right? So let's just pray. Father, I am so, so thankful that you don't just 
watch us flop around. That you want us to be on the right path. You want our lives to go well. You want our lives to count for something. And so you sent Jesus to come to die for us, to be our Savior, to show us the way. And then you gave us the Holy Spirit to lead us into all truth. That you've given us everything we need. You've given us the Word. You've given us the book of Proverbs to show us, to give us wisdom. Yeah, we got everything we need. And today we say, Father, we just grab hold of all. And maybe today, I, you, know, like, you know, I get it. I need you, Jesus, as my Savior. And so I just want to believe. I just believe, and I'm going to trust you, that you died on that cross for me. That you were raised up from the dead. And now you sit at the right hand of the Father. And you defeated even death. And that you paid the penalties for my sin. And so I say thank you. I receive, I grab hold of that. Jesus, be my Savior. And we ask Holy Spirit, now come and fill us and lead us. Because we need you. Need you. Thank you. Thank you. Lead us and guide us to the right path. And help us to make the corrections when we get off. In Jesus' name, amen.